0: to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy!
1: Today, I would like to talk to you about things that take your energy and kind of cases when you give your energy away and uh, how to get this energy back. So, um... Could you please tell me what are the reasons why people lose their energy?
0: Yeah, so not actually a very easy topic there. It's it's um, there's a lot to look at here. So people give energy away willingly to various entities and energetic structures. As well as sometimes unwillingly, or the energy is being taken away from them unbeknownst to them. Every relationship you've ever had took energy. Every commitment you've ever made takes energy. All the oaths, you know, promises that we make to each other and other people take energy. Certain um, karmic debts from your past lives. As well as your past, meaning like as when you were younger in, in in this particular incarnation, take energy. Because everything in continuum exists at the same time. There's no such thing as past, right? Mm-hmm. So you have that energy being pocketed away there, you know, whether it's your past life or your just past in this incarnation. And that is not the energy that can serve you in the present or the future because it is already busy quote-unquote um, different types of organizations take energy everything from the kindergarten you went to to the sports club you're assigned to the book club to a subscription service to obviously your family has an energetic body to your country to the political party, if you're politically minded, to your religion, to your high school, to your university, to your minority group, if you belong to one, and strongly identify with it, to the movies that you like and the songs that you listen to, to your mentors and your teachers, like everybody you pay attention to. All of these things are things that you give your energy to, or that sometimes take your energy unbeknownst to you. Traumatic experiences from your past, when you are punished or something else happened to you, humans tend to leave large chunks of their energy in the past. And it's almost like creating a memory and you know, like you're reading a book and then you put a bookmark. So the same thing, like when you have a traumatic experience in your past, you kind of bookmark it with your own energy to make sure you don't forget it. Right. So throughout time, humans leave quite a lot of bookmarks, so to say, Mm -hmm. and from higher perspectives, it is quite unnecessary because that just prolongates the trauma. Relationships, big, big energy drains. So, Every girlfriend, boyfriend you've ever had. Any friend that's no longer a friend or any friend turned enemy. You know, a parent that might be estranged or a relative that you once had a relationship with but no longer do. You know, parent, uh, sorry, a teacher, student type relationships, right? So on both sides, actually, you know, there are some teacher or professor, student, um, pupil type of relationships that are created on both sides, right? From the aspect of the teacher and the the aspect of the pupil. Relationships are actually big, big, big energy drains potentially. Um, Now, relationships are also very often um, the aspects of your life where you give your energy freely, right? we all know that in order to have a meaningful relationship with somebody, you have to have an exchange of energy. Now when this becomes a drain or a drag is when the relationship is no longer there, but a big chunk of your energy is still committed and devoted to that particular individual, right? And it keeps feeding that individual. That is when it can become quite unhealthy, especially relevant to people that have had multiple you know, uh, many sexual partners in the past, you know, everyone you have that type of connection with would walk away with a chunk of your energy, right? Hmm. Um, Very often, large chunks of energy remain in the hospitals, which is just another form of trauma, right? So, and I'm talking like more things like ER or when you were hospitalized for a long period of time, not necessarily your regular visit to, you know, a doctor, because those generally don't split your energy field enough so that you would leave a big patch of your energy inside of the hospital. But if you've been hospitalized for a long time, or actually very often with the women, when you give birth you might leave a large chunk of your energy in the hospital if you're going through surgery you might leave a large chunk of your energy in the hospital etc etc so those types of energies you're better off recovering because this is a form of trauma but people don't think of hospitalizations and surgeries as trauma because the level of consciousness is not quite there with humanity yet The reason I'm giving you all of these different examples, right, it's like a big laundry list of things is because all the practices that we're going to look at afterwards, right, are examples of how you can get that energy back. Now, if you're not cognizant of where your energy could be clustering or where your energy could be pocketed, you're not going to go after those types of instances in your past. And I would like for you to. Yeah. Because there's always thousands of different instances where your energy is pocketed and it's not being useful. I'll keep going a little bit in terms of like, where, what are the other places that you should be looking for your energy? Any type of accidents. Again, another form of traumatic experience, but I'll, I just want to make sure that you look there. Any type of broken bones. You know, any type of car accidents you've been to um any type even like concussions you know you know for instance like a little kid skating fell hard hit their head maybe forgot you know or largely forgot or things that okay like they're healed now like a big chunk of the energy for that little human could be left in that place where this accident happened right so definitely something that you need to check for let's see what else Um,
1: what about bad habits
0: oh yes well this would be uh, like another example of of organizations right because like every egregore that you come across such as you know any type of (laughs) large organization or a habit that you had for sure so things like smoking or drinking things like eating meat, for instance, coffee, um, pretty much any consumable, um, whether good or bad. Like even, you know, there are healthy egregores, obviously. You know, like there is an egregore of fitness. And there are a lot of people very willingly given a lot of their energy to the egregore of fitness and nothing wrong with that, right? That's why, you know, when there there are some relationships so to say right and so really i'm I'm losing really i'm using relationships in a very broad sense here you can have a relationship with a human you can have a relationship with an energetic entity which could be an organization or a thing in the matrix right so you have energetic relationships with all types of foods that you're consuming right you have an energetic relation with water with tea with coffee with juice with coca-cola etc etc so any of those foods that you're either addicted to, but you know, you're they're bad for you. The reason that they have you crave them so much, or one of the reasons, should I say, is that you've given a lot of energy to that egregore. and because it has a lot of you in it, it's very easy for you guys to attract because, like, it's the same type of energy attracting you know one another. Also, as you consume that product, you start vibrating at its frequency. So, again, like. As you consume Coca-Cola, for instance, you start, you start vibrating at the frequency of Coca-Cola. So it's actually, the more you drink it, the more prone you are to wanting more, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, only in reverse. So as you're vibrating on the frequency of Coca-Cola, it will be very, very hard for you to give it up because that is an identical match to your frequency. Now this drink is, right? Uh, but there are a lot of people giving a hell of energy to the soft drink egregore and each of these drinks separately as well. Yeah. So any kind of addiction, really. Mm -hmm. Drugs, you know, for sure, give a lot of energy to that. Uh, But of course, like generally speaking, um, people who do this type of work uh, are probably the people that, you know, are either ready to phase their addictions or not the ones that are very prone to addictions in the first place, right? So generally speaking, I'm probably I would be talking to somebody who no longer is having the issue of, of like being that addicted to something or would mm-hmm. want wants to be committed to working through that. So the same energy practices would work in this case to help end the addiction or erase the, you know, the, the byproduct. Mm -hmm. of being addicted to something yeah so in other words we give away energy to everything under the sun willingly and unwillingly and of course there are some individuals that just take our energy once that connection has been established right yeah so you might have an ex-boyfriend girlfriend who you know in a relationship was feeding off of you and You know very often you know in relationships yes sometimes you have individuals that both feed each other and that is great that is a very um, that's an amazing symbiotic relationship you know where by the virtue of people coming together both of them become better but that isn't not the definition of most most relationships on planet earth unfortunately uh, a lot of relationships on planet Earth are a little bit one-sided where one person is giving and the other person is receiving. When that happens, you know, there is a donor and then there is basically a vampire, if you will, right? Or a taker. A giver and a taker, I think, is a better way of putting it because I think calling somebody a vampire might might actually... Um, I don't want to put that... Like, I don't mean it in a negative context because ultimately... Uh, when two people are coming into a relationship, it's meant to be, right? It's meant to be for the giver, and it's meant to be for the taker, right? right? It's not that the taker is bad and the giver is, oh, my God, so good, right? It's
1: a lesson for both, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the fact that they attracted each other means that they're vibrating at the same frequency. It's not like one is amazing and the other one is awful and terrible. But What ends up happening is there is a relationship that that is being established between these two people now in all of your relationships if you looked at the energetic level between two people the relationships would be formed alongside it's like a connection that you form with somebody and you form them alongside the different chakras right so and you can actually examine that's that could be a very fun exercise for, for for you guys right in the meditative state with each of With each of the people in your life, you have relationship uh, on one or many chakras. So the way that looks like is, you know, like if you imagine yourself and like your partner, for instance, and look at the seven chakra system, right? You would be able to see this like almost like little strings of light connecting some of your chakras and not others, right? So when two people come into a relationship, not all seven are activated within a particular relationship. You have a ton of relationship where just one chakra is being activated. So, for instance, you you could have two individuals that are connected um, with their throat center. That means that they exchange a lot of information, but that's the extent of their relationship. You have some relationships that might have, for instance, the green center activated and the red center activated, which means that two individuals have love for each other, hence the heart chakra being activated. But red means that they also depend on each other for survival, right? So you could have a marriage that's a loving marriage, but two people are dependent on each other for shelter and food and things like that. Basic sustenance, right? So when you're coming into a relationship with one another, and again, like deep relationships, you would uh, generally establish more than one connection, right? Uh, And more fleeting relationships, you would just connect onto one chakra. Hardly ever do I see people being connected on more than three chakras at any given point in time. That is what you would probably start calling soulmates. You know, if you if you see people that are connected more in more than three chakra spaces, uh, this is what you would call the soulmate relationship. But I digress. Going back to um, the donor and the take, or the giver and the taker. Basically, when in a relationship is being established those roles are being established within a relationship which is really interesting because just the fact that somebody is a giver in one relationship doesn't mean that they're a giver in all of their relationships it just means that when their energy came in touch or into contact with the energy of this other individual they in relationship to that person they're either a giver or a taker with a lot of individuals, or should I say, it's actually really healthy for people to have different kinds of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like a give and take situation. So where this becomes a problem for individuals is like, say that you meet with this person and you become a donor for them. And then uh, and they be, they become the, the taker from you, right? And while you're in the relationship, it's all good and great because this is technically the contract that you signed up for and say that you're going through you know working out some karma together you know you're living your life you're hopefully expanding you're hopefully evolving or at least not dig you know not um uh at least not degrading. um so what ends up happening when that relationship is over is most people don't break that connection, right? And so Mm. years upon years upon years later, the same structure of the relationship is true, although you might be separated by tens of thousands of miles, right? So if you're the donor in a relationship, 10 years later, you might still be donating energy through time and space to that individual that's taking energy from you. Right. Hmm. And that is where this could become a problem. Because you might be drained because somebody is taking, taking, taking. Hmm. Right. That's why it's actually being a donor. is not necessarily a good thing over time for somebody. Yeah. Right. Now, of course, there are contracts, sole contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Things happen. So, you know, there are exceptions to every rule, but Mm -hmm. One of the first ways and one of the first places to look at where you can get your energy back or how you can get your energy is to look back at all of your exes and do two things. First, you want to examine which chakras your relationship was connected by. It's actually very easy to also, I mean, you can obviously see that with your internal eye, but. You know, red chakra relationships, you would see, like, your two red chakras being connected with, like, a red string or, like, a red ray. Generally, those relationships are, again, like, very survival-based. Orange chakra relationships are based on and generally connected by sexuality. Um, yellow chakra relationships are connected to self-identity, so these is this is where your power couples are going to be. Uh, So, you know, people who are together for status, you know, like the status wife or the trophy wife would be here. Same for a husband. Like, you know, when a politician is marrying into uh, like a girl from a very wealthy family that that has some type of access that he doesn't. Those type of people would be connected through their yellow very often. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how are we perceived in the world? Green chakra is love, connected by love. Blue is a very um, good communication relationship, right? That's where people share who they truly are, share their truth. Um, A third eye connection is more of a spiritual connection, right? So it's actually very rare here, Um, again, more common with soulmates than others a spiritual connection that generally means that there is some type of soul contract, that these two people are meant to be together. Mm. But this is also a relationship that expands the consciousness of both people, right? That is a relationship that is always very evolutionary for both individuals. Um, There are actually very, very few parasitic type relationships in the higher centers very often those are quite some symbi- some symbiotic. Mm-hmm. And then crown chakra connection are actually very is, is a very interesting connection between couples where it leads to self actualization. So when they're it's like souls on a mission from God. And like if they're connected through their crown chakra, those missions really intertwine like two beautiful strands of the same DNA. And that that really propels you into massive action and massive self-actualization those are some interesting couples absolutely incredibly rare and like and again i went a little bit on a tangent but like i said if you're trying to collect (laughs) uh if you it's just like a very fascinating topic so i'm just going off track yeah sure Um, (laughs) so if if you're trying to collect your energy back the first thing you're going to have to establish around your ex boyfriend girlfriend is which chakras am i connected through with this person right so you can just look with your inner vision transcendental vision in a meditation and those strands are very very clear right sometimes what you would be able to see is actually quite interesting right so there there might be this thread that connects like say yellow two yellow centers are connected between you and your ex so you wanna examine all of the chakras to make sure you're not missing any connection. Sometimes what's interesting though is like, for instance, like in the heart chakra, you could have half of a connection established, meaning like from your heart to their heart, there is a connection, but from their heart to your heart, there is none, right? So you wanna establish those half connections also across chakras. Um, generally, what this means is that either there was not reciprocation Or maybe that some particular part of the soul contract wasn't performed by one of the individuals. So you have this misalignment. It doesn't really happen in organic couples, but then a lot of relationships are not really um, that amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of relationships are not very productive and very nurturing. So what you want to do is you want to cut those cords, first things first. Whether you want to take big, Uh, imaginary scissors or you want to take a big sword or you want to take a you want to take a laser you know there's no right or wrong answer you want to go from chakra to chakra uh, splitting them in the middle so the other person's energy can go to them your energy can come back to you Mm -hmm. what you also want to do is make sure that you go over with white light to kind of like eliminate all the like little strings like right? when you cut something in the middle it's, it's kind of like creates two strings right mm-hmm. they're kind of like this limp strings that are floating in, in, in ether so you want to make sure that you cut them fully and you kind of like patch this ch- chakra up giving back giving its vitality back right mm-hmm. and you want to do that both for yourself and for your former partner so you know that's that So you want to stop more energy from being exchanged, right? Right. Very often when people split or get divorced, they don't cut these cords and then they spend years thinking about their ex or obsessing or being mad at them or being in love with them or what have you, right? And that's never a good way to end the relationship. Like, you know, you're either in the relationship and then you're you're fully engaged. If you're out of the relationship, it's actually advisory to cut those cords and kind of like, you know, so, so that there is a lot of an enormous sense of peace and completion for both parties. Because when you, when you do that, you don't just complete it for yourself. You complete it for the other person also. It's actually you're doing this in service of them as well. Mm-hmm that what you want to do is you want to do an exercise of calling the all the energy that you gave to that person back to you and giving all of their energy back to them right Mm -hmm. so you want to imagine like a little vessel or multiple vessels it could be fun to imagine the lap tubes multiple lap tubes right filling with different color energies that are coming back from your ex-partner to you and you can measure how many of this like little um you know like lab vessels you can fill with that energy what color it is is it white is it you know muddy is it um maybe some different beautiful color right and you can count and actually it's it's very simple and once your energy comes back to them also it can kind of do like a quick scan and see who was a donor in the relationship because the donor in the relationship always is always able to collect a lot more energy than the other person, meaning that they gave a lot of their energy to sustain that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. Very often donor relationships are between parents and their children, or rather that is one of those relationships where the parent is always the donor and the child is always a taker. Right. And that's why it's like a cycle of life you know you take from your parent you give to your child that's what sustains life right yep so um i recommend that you almost do like a laundry list of all the toxic relationships in your life all the things that you know all of these like hard breakups all of the friends that are no longer friends or you know the people that hurt you And kind of do this almost like spring cleaning. You you kind of want to do this cleanup work to call all of the energy back to you. Sometimes if you gave a lot of energy as you're doing this energetic practice, you're going to start feeling like you're coming into your own power. Or like you're going to feel like this very familiar feeling like some part of you is coming back to you. You didn't even realize it was missing. But like it feels very familiar like when your own energy comes back to you. It's like some layer of you comes back, and it's actually a very pleasurable feeling, very pleasurable uh, experience to go through. So that's people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Energetic entities. Let's talk about organizations, egregores of different organizations. Um, It could be anything from an extreme case let's say a religious cult that you used to be a part of and then you escaped and you longer want to be connected to them or say it might have been a school where you were bullied and just like thinking about school does not necessarily bring you positive emotions or it could be like literally it doesn't really matter any organization that you used to give your time to or attention to and now you no longer do so very similar like you want to do with um in a similar way like the energy collection process is kind of the same you want to first understand which chakra or chakras um i did you use to connect to that entity you know which chakras like it's kind of like almost thinking like if this if this organization were to pull you on a string like what color would that string be Hmm. sometimes there's multiple strings right So you want to envision that cord, like an umbilical cord almost that connects you and the organization. Very often it's just one Um, because our relationships to organizations are tend to not be as complex as two people, but of course it depends. Uh, For instance, if um, like the orphanage and the orphan might have, you know, the relationship between an orphan child and an orphanage can be very complex. Because it's kind of like a relationship between a parent and a child so those generally tend to have multiple chords but more so different relationships are um, not uh, the, the relationships with other organizations don't tend to be that level of complexity so you want to imagine which chord this energy flows in and sometimes there's always going to be sometimes there's going to be like a give and take between an organization and an individual But very often, individuals tend to feed organizations and not the other way around, actually. Hmm. So you want to do the same exact thing. You want to take a light sword or like some type of imaginary huge humongous scissors and just cut that umbilical cord between you and the organization that you no longer want to have any relationship with. You want to make sure that you are um, taking a bowl of white light and removing the ends of the string, right? So you're kind of like, you wanna burn it almost Mm -hmm. with this white light, ball of white light. And then you need to declare, make a declaration that from today on, you call back all of your energy that you've given to this organization ever in the past. So, you know, and you, you wanna like make that stance and say, Right now, I command you to give me back all of the energy that I've given you. What's mine is mine. And then you can feel free to give that entity back its own energy. Very often, you know, it's not like you're going to be losing anything. I mean, especially for organizations that we're trying to break ties to, that are connected to painful memories. There's not much in it for you to try to hold on to these types of energies.
1: And what if it has um, kind of resistance? Is it possible if it's a very strong organization? Yes,
0: it is possible. But um, then you, you say the declaration one more time. If nothing happens, you can invite your guardian angel or guardian archangel to assist you with this process. And then the archangel and angel entities are actually more higher... Level, uh, in terms of strength and power, uh, they're up in the chain of command compared to uh, matrix-like structures. So the matrix-like structure won't be able to resist the command coming from your guardian angel or archangel. Mm-hmm. But yes, there could be resistance. Uh, specifically, resistance uh, is very common with religious types of organizations. Very common. They're very, should I say greedy <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't like giving away energy back um, and uh, negative habits
2: mm.
0: those tend to be the the ones that you know might fight you like the um, alcohol cigarettes cocaine um, you know you, you you catch my drift yeah. like those don't like to give you heroin the worst doesn't like giving back your energy but that's where you call in the the powers of light
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then there, there is no way that that um entity can could resist you because first you're making the declaration and you're almost like it's like an order you're making an order you're like you're calling your energy back it's not like can it please nice it would be nice for me to have you know as you're calling your energy back you should stand in your power Right? It's actually very good to be grounded in that moment, to feel that you know, you're in charge of your life and talk to it from the position of power because you are you know, the son of the daughter of God. You are the son of the daughter of source. So in essence, you are in charge here, right? It's just been long forgotten. And from that place, you can call any energy that belongs to you back because you're not stealing anything from anyone. You're just claiming what's always been yours.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
0: in essence, it's supposed to restore balance as opposed to break balance. And then in the restoration of balance, you're always right. So according to the law and like one of the fundamental laws, um, you know, your own energy always belongs to you. So you know, you might have given it away, it might have been taken at one point. But as soon as you call it back, it must come back.
1: Got it. And with this uh, kind of organization kind of energies, uh, do you also have to give back the energy that you took from the organization?
0: It's advisable. It's advisable Um, very often. And you would be actually you would be surprised, right? It might not be like sometimes the energy that you give back Is dark and gray and brown. It's almost like spitting out uh, oil. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually not pretty energy. Like, depending on the aggregor, of course, there's like thousands of them under the sun. But yes, it's advisable that you give back the the, the energy that it has given you. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Got it. Okay, so what, what would be the next?
0: Well, let's see, I mean, I've given you,
1: you like kind of follow the same You kind
0: of follow the same pattern. Right. So like, I think that first it's actually really important for you to like make a list. Right. Because something like that can take and should probably take multiple sessions. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think first you want to like list all of your trauma, you know, all of these, like all of the people that might have hurt you, like kind of like circumstances and events organizations and people
1: what about your parents for example
0: well there are like three main buckets right like i said circumstances and events Mm -hmm. organizations and people so you should take a piece of paper add these three columns and list all the things that you remember from your past uh, that you perceive as things that you could have given your energy to and you would like back right right and then you would go uh, you know, dealing with each of them, um, one by one, by one, your parents (laughs) is generally you're the taker, right? Right. There are exceptions to every rule. Most often the child parent relationship is the one that is given for life. This is not necessarily something that you want to cut. Right. Have I seen it done before? Yes. If it's like so painful, but in essence, when you're cutting yourself from your parent, you're cutting yourself from your ancestry line. That is highly inadvisable Mm -hmm. because you actually don't want to cut cut your roots.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, It can be done. I've seen it done. When the ancestry line, for instance, is very dark and you come in and you want to make a change, in essence, if you cut your cords with your ancestry line, with your parents, you're going to have to literally cut the cords with not just your parents, but like everything, right. all of the ancestors. In essence, that would make you the... Um, the beginner. The beginner of the new generation. Yeah, like the, the beginner of the new family tree, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, sometimes like very light souls would come into dark um, ancestral patterns and dark ancestral trees, with the idea of cleansing them. But then understand that like that darkness is just sucking them in instead of like being released. So, Mm -hmm. like in those particular cases, sometimes new generations are being established by like cutting ties. Mm -hmm. But that is highly highly unusual and in most cases i would never recommend cutting ties with your parents because that is a relationship that has been predetermined and predestined and actually selected by your higher self right right so in although you might perceive it as painful all degrees of painful it's still recommended that you stick through with it um and you kind of chose this right absolutely yeah so there's a lesson in there for you So don't, don't, don't be so hasty to cut ties with your own parents or your own children for that matter, because those are always karmic relationships. Right. Um, what you want to do as far as your own past or the pockets of energy stuck in past lives, that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And that would be in the bucket of circumstances and events. Hmm. Uh, Trauma would also be there, uh, you know, accidents. That's kind of like its own separate. Because we, we've kind of went over, you know, people and organizations. And those are very simple because all organizations on an energetic level are kind of like these bubbles and this round structures, right? Mm-hmm. And so every time you're connected to a round structure, it's going to be through an umbilical cord. You cut that, you're done. With humans, same thing, like multiple umbilical cords. You cut that, you claim your energy back, You give the energy back, you're done. Circumstances and events are a little bit different because they are kind of like a part of you and you internalize them, right? So you literally think that, okay, like like, say that when you were little, you killed a kitten. Super weird example, but first thing that came to mind. And then you internalize that, and it was a traumatic experience. Maybe it was an accident that you killed a kitten. And you start internalizing yourself as a cat killer, right? Hmm. It's not an outside entity of you. It is now becomes like a part of you. And not only that, but like all the things that we believe to be true about ourselves then start changing all of our bodies, right, up to the physical level. So you internalize that, right? And all kinds of traumatic experiences leave inside of your body, whether those were from the past life or this life, they leave inside of your body as a deformation in an organ structure or a deformation in the normal flow of fluids, for instance, right? Or the presence of some additional bodies or, you know, parasites inside or something, right? So there's like a Something in your body that doesn't flow according to the original balance. Now, cutting cords is not going to work here. So you're going to have to dig deeper into the painful incident. Get straight inside of the painful incident, whatever that happened, whatever childhood trauma, uh, whatever car crash, whatever is a painful incident. And what you want to do is you want to rewrite it. The only way for you to take your energy out of a painful memory is to rewrite it. There are many ways to rewrite something. One is literally do what it's (laughs) what it sounds like. You would take a piece of paper and you would put, you know, you you would put like the title on it or whatever incident you're working on, right? And you would rewrite the past. So you would write a new story. You might write a story where you never got into that car accident. You might write a story where you were never bullied in in, in school and instead something else happened with those kids that were bullying you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can actually physically rewrite with your hand or you can rewrite mentally when, which is where you you take like the same day and the same time, you kind of like connect to the same frequency, which. In the matrix terms, this is just um, like it it gets you to like a certain address of a cell, right? You want to align to when when this has happened in like time and space. So you, you, you would need to go back to that day and then you just replay it in your head, giving it whatever circumstance you want. And in the process of rewriting, there is a little pocket. And by a pocket, I actually mean more of like a sphere of energy, right? There's always like a little sphere of energy that's floating around your painful memory. So you just want to reclaim that and let it enter your body back as you've rewritten it. So two things happen, right? So you first take that energy back and two, you rewrite that incident in a way that doesn't create pain, but creates happiness or some other pleasurable emotion, right? So that little hook that existed in the fabric of your past if you will is no longer going to be there so that hook disappears into a smooth surface and that's it
1: Hmm.
0: and that's how you would take your energy from a painful memory
1: what about past lives same how do you kind of get there uh given that there have been maybe thousands of past lives and Maybe hundreds of traumatic experiences.
0: So you can't... Uh, it's for those people that already know what this traumatic experience is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, you, each of you are holding on to hundreds of those. Yeah. At any given point in time. Now, you already might be guided by your own guides to work some of these things out. Right? Through the different things... Mm -hmm. circumstances right etc etc so like your whole lives sometimes are spent trying to eradicate a particular hook from a past life now this might not be very helpful but before you can heal the pockets of trauma in your past lives you need to understand what that trauma is and that you can only do through past life regression So the right, quote-unquote, way to do past life regression is to regress into a past life. And there is, you know, many, many, many ways to do that. There are many meditations, and we can have a whole episode about past life regressions if you guys want. Mm -hmm. But it's like a long topic in and of itself, right? It's not like a five-minute answer. But basically, so with past life regression, once you regress and, and look at a life... You definitely always always want to ask your guides what the message is and why you were shown that particular life Mm -hmm. and then the one part that hardly anybody ever does is the taking of the energy back right whatever painful memory whatever painful moment you've seen in that past life and if you even did a past life regression if something came up to you as a past life chances are it had some painful memory or some hook for you to work through so you're not really done with a past life regression work unless you take the energy back and create a smooth surf- surface where they used to be like turbulent waters, right? So imagine you went into a past life and there's some pain around starvation, like you starved to death or like your child starved to death or something, right? Like something happened don't just leave it hang hanging like that just bringing it to your consciousness doesn't mean you've dealt with an incident and certainly doesn't mean that your energy returned so you want to take that painful memory it's now it it became a memory right so it used to be just something hidden in your psyche now like every as soon as you do the regression it becomes a memory so truly the people that have done past life regressions the memory of a past life is just as vivid as something from when they were a child in this particular incarnation it's not very different at all because it lives in the same aspect of the matrix in the same type of cell right so you want to do the rewriting on those incidents rewrite it so starvation never happened actually we always had bread look there is bread on the table look there is you know other fruits and vegetables or you know Uh, You can imagine yourself, like, being empowered and, you know, grow some food, maybe, instead of starving. Hmm. Or, like, moving to a country where there's plenty of food or being adopted or something. You know, whatever you want to do, like, doesn't really matter. You're your own writer. You're your own director of your own movie. But you want to take that pocket of energy back. And that is the type of work that I don't see a lot of people do. So a lot of people... You know, the do past life regressions do that uh, like watching a movie. Like, oh, I just want to remember. All right, great. You remembered. Now what? You know, there is work. There is a reason that why human beings have, have a capability and capacity to remember past lives. And this is not entertainment. This is not a source of entertainment. Hmm. Yes, it helps you get to know yourself better and get to know why certain things trigger you. But, Just knowing that something triggers you is the work have done. Because ultimately, to evolve as a human, you have to create a situation where this stops triggering you. And the only way you can do that is by rewriting that trauma and taking the energy back into your body. That's Mm -hmm.
1: that. And as I understand, you can rewrite it after the regression, right? Yes. Right. After
0: or during doesn't really matter. Yeah, it it doesn't have to happen during the session. It can be after for sure. Mm Mm-hmm any time after 30 years after doesn't matter
1: that's really cool so uh, but can you explain me like how this uh, energy storage uh, works it's a split right because you 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 get burned with kind of certain level of energy let's say you have 100% and you either uh, are born with this 100% 100% or less. Yep. And then you give energy away, like unhealthy relationships, all these organizations. Yep. And then at the same time, you somehow get some energy from these organizations back and other people. Uh, and uh, kind of, let's say you're like 40 years old or 30 years old, as a humanity, you usually have less energy when with what you've been born or more usually it's probably less
0: no definitely less on uh on this planet it's always less um the question is how much less right yeah and truth of the matter is you know the reason you're born with a certain amount of energy is because you want to have these experiences you want to have these learning opportunities and be able to participate in them so you need that energy to be able to use it. It's not like you're born with a hundred, and your end goal is to to die with a hundred. A very quick way to die with a hundred is to not do anything. <laughs> you know, don't interact with anybody. God forbid you talk to anyone. Don't go to school. Don't learn. Don't get a job. You know, don't pursue your dreams. God forbid. <laughs> in the in the process of pursuing your dreams, you're gonna find some person business partner or whatever lover and they, they take your energy oh my god no like there is a reason why you have this access right and not only that but like there are so many other tools and like ways to replenish your energy the beauty of having your own energy um uh, it's so the, what do we call your energy what is your own energy your own energy is a particular aspect of your higher self that your higher self lends or projects forth into this dimension, right? That is your own energy. Now, your higher self is not the only source of energy. Right? And we've been over that so many times already.
1: Ancestors and planets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ancestors, nature, um, your uh, yes, uh, sun, for instance, central sun, um, et cetera, et cetera endless sources right now of course some of these sources might already be giving their energy to you or not but having your own energy is safer because that is like a perpetuum mobile like it's something that you always have it's like a permanent source right so it's easier Mm -hmm. right so yes but basically as you go through life you have interactions with people places and events life happens to you so that resource starts getting depleted Now, it's okay that it starts getting depleted because you're exchanging that for learnings. You're exchanging that for experiences. And that's ultimately why you came here in the first place. So you want that to happen. Mm -hmm. The trick here is to make sure that what you're using your energy on serves your higher good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, in other words, is it productively used energy or is it wasted energy? Because as you're going to be exiting out of your body, the phenomena that you guys call death, what's going to be painfully obvious to you is if you've given your energy to the right cause and you stayed on your path or you walked off your path, right? Because if you walked off your path and use hundred percent of your energy or the energy of your higher self allotted to you for the wrong thing, then this whole experience is not necessarily going to be a fruitful exercise, right? And the other part is it's all about maintaining high levels of energy because very often with when humans not humans should i say souls plan their life their human lives they expect it's not like and, and that's like this big 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 misconception on your planet you really feel old way too soon and when you say like i'm old or like you know I'm not what I used to be anymore it's kind of like giving yourself permission to stop creating change in your life stop learning stop experiencing it's kind of like you check out early Hmm. now if you're still alive it's not the time for you to check out if it was time for you to check out your higher self would have orchestrated a death scenario for you that is the only time when it wants you out and your experience is officially over and we've heard time and time again when young people die in car accidents and like plane crashes or whatnot, you know, their their highest self was just done with this incarnation. They d- devised an exit, you know, but for as long as you are alive, that means that you need to be constantly going through lessons. Now, the problem with the way this matrix is structured is too many people because, you know, like, oh, you know, <laughs> Um, th- there is this conception that you're going to live life to the fullest. And that generally means like fooling around when you're young and like drinking a lot of alcohol, which actually consumes a ton of people's energies. So you actually don't have, and through like the foods and all, everything that you consume and the, the, the unhealthy habits, you don't leave enough for later in life. So a lot of people turn into like couch potatoes post 40 or 45, <laughs> So in essence, like post 45, not much is happening. And that's never meant to be so because if it was, people would be dying in 45. Because if your higher self thought that post 45, there is nothing you could do with your life, Hmm. it would have just taken you back. Trust me, it has a million other ideas of where and how it could be incarnating. It does not experience a lack of ideas. So by you going through, like using up that resource too early in life while also being completely uneducated about how else you can replenish that energy and where did it go in the first place, you turn yourselves into humanoid entities that are incapable of evolution post age 45 because you consider yourself old. Hmm. Now... There are major pockets of energy that your higher self planned for every decade of your life. There is a massive learning that's supposed to be happening every decade of your life that relates to including your first and last decade. There's a major lesson for each of you between year zero and 10 in the same way. So there's a major lesson for you between year 90 and 100. And that is not how you guys think about it at all. Somehow, some way, humanity believes that there are major lessons to be learned between ages 20 and maybe 50. And that's kind of it.
1: And then retirement.
0: Yeah, retirement. Love retirement. Official permission to sit on the couch and do nothing. Great. My favorite. Oh, and by the way, the government owes you something. <laughs> Amazing child of god reduced to getting pennies from its government for serving a life sentence on a job that they hated my favorite
2: mm-hmm. and
0: yeah. then what, what ends up happening is just people people just become bitter is there a lot of bitterness bitterness in retirement a lot of like uh you know this retirement ain't what what they said it was gonna be
1: <laughs> yeah it can be a separate topic but yeah. Uh, But knowing that um, there are so many things that can take your energy, right, and you can give willingly this energy to some person or organization, Um, how can you kind of minimize the loss of energy in your daily life?
0: I don't think it's about minimizing. Um, I think that you want to make sure that you have enough free energy for everything that you want to do in life. Yeah. So if you're sensing that there is like a need for you, a want, a wish to do something, get somewhere, you know, like there's like a goal that you like almost want to have, but then you're like, oh, I don't know that I can do this. This is all an example or a symptom of a lack of energy. Mm -hmm. So when you feel like you want more than you have, that generally means that you inadvertently or you know purposefully gave away your energy and never collected it back so every time you experience a loss of power first thing i would do is start looking for opportunities to reclaim some of that energy back Hmm. because inadvertently as you bring back your own energy as you reclaim some parts of your own energy what also happens starts happening in parallel is A lot of your chakras start aligning, things start operating properly. So you start as a sponge absorbing all energy from all these other sources that were kind of closed for you before. Right? So the process of getting that energy back starts with getting your own energy back from your higher self. And then at one point it starts to parallel and dual path with all these other streams, energy streams. But it's kind of like you have to start with you because the universe is never. So, like, imagine you're this battery, right? Like, and you're at 2% charge. Mm -hmm. And then you don't want to do anything about recouping your 98%. The sun is not going to bother with you. Because you cannot even bring your own resource back. Hmm. Right?
1: Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you start with yourself.
0: Yeah. Always fix yourself first then ask for help from the universe.
1: Ah, uh, That's interesting. So basically, in order for you to kind of accomplish something, let's say you have a dream and then you feel that you don't have enough energy, it means that you have to start with yourself first and kind of get your energy back. And then if you still feel that it's not enough, you can kind of borrow or ask for more from the universe
0: correct but also when there is a will there is a way right so if you the the way the energy works is once you've recouped a big chunk of your energy then what you're gonna have enough energy for is goal setting kind of right so projecting a desire forth Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: all of a sudden you go from a place of I cannot even set this as a goal for myself because how would I ever into okay how about x or i really would love to have y and as you project forth that desire the universe starts working in your favor Hmm. but what had to happen first was your own internal work to be able to project enough energy to set that goal
2: Hmm. oh
0: yeah it's it's imagine you're like playing darts and like you're like you you know goal setting is like hitting this bullseye you're like okay like this is my target and then you know you, you throw it and like it lands in this bull's eye that is what you need to do with your internal resources
2: hmm.
0: you can't really borrow energy for goal setting from external source- sources but these external sources are going to willingly contribute their energy to your goal because this is the law of this universe once there is a very genuine desire, the whole world unfolds to help you get there.
2: Hmm.
1: That's interesting. So there are a lot of teachings that like, kind of tell you how to manifest things in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. So manifest the house, for example, one of the most popular ones. But basically, you cannot do it unless you have enough free energy to set this goal
0: manifestation is completely correlated to your amount of free energy by free energy i mean the energy that's not needed for your basic body functions Hmm. such as breathing heartbeat you know these types of things Hmm. digestion you know there is some energy that like you need for your physical processes talking (laughs) brain activity You get it you catch my drift yes now free energy is all of that and everything that's in excess of what's needed for you to just carry on waking up every day and you know being able to have like a like being physically fit so like able to you know run and walk and all of that like not being handicapped Mm -hmm. everything on top of that is free energy that technically could be called manifestation pool so The power of your manifestation is directly correlated to how large your manifestation pool is because initially it's like you create a vortex with your own energy by setting a goal for yourself or creating a desire and then the other energy of the universe rotates or aligns around that goal right Mm -hmm. but for For the energy of the universe to start aligning around your goal, your own energy needs to be powerful enough to create a vortex. Here's kind of like how it works energetically. By you saying, I want a house, using your example, you kind of almost like put a stake in the ground and say, I want a house, you know, with like the power of like your own internal energy, the energy of your higher self. What that creates is actually a negative potential by negative i mean minus like it doesn't mean bad but it creates like a need for something where that need is not being met or a desire for something where that desire is not being met and it's almost like an empty space in the universe so like you're almost like your manifestation first like by putting the stake in the ground you're saying okay like I want something that currently does not exist here in this particular place or for me in my particular reality, right? So you're almost like drawing, putting that stake in the ground, right? And like the reason that that creates movement is because when there is nothing, like the energy is going to, in a particular cell, the energy is going to align itself to fill that cell, right? Because there is no no true Like, no such thing as, like, an energetic vacuum. Mm -hmm. There is a vacuum, like, that doesn't have air, but it still has energy. There is no such thing as a place in the matrix that has nothing. But here's what you just did. By making a declaration, um, by saying, hey, I need a house. And then, you know, imagining in your head what that house would be, you know, like, three-story, five-story with, like, a little porch, et cetera, et cetera. You're in essence, like creating empty space because you've just defined the parameters of that cell as containing a house, but there is no house there. And the universe does not like empty things. It's not, it's not meant to be empty so it's gonna start moving inadvertently to help you fill the cell but because you are god because you are the creator and you have the power and you have just defined the parameters of the cell right by saying this cell can only be filled with a house it cannot be filled with cats it cannot be filled with cars it cannot be filled with dresses it cannot be filled with cheese you have to provide me a house so the universe must align itself and provide you a house there's no other way Hmm. that's how manifestation works
1: nice that's really cool all right yeah i I think um that would be the end of our session it was an amazing information thank you for sharing it with us today and uh, now I'm going to end our session and I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today and I'm asking the higher self to visit to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today and I know she's really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely. completely. Completely into the body, 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 completely.